You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got a wonderful guest in store for you, and we have a very important conversation today, one um, that uh, I try and work into my show more and more because I feel uh, it's just an important topic for everyone to be aware of. Hope you had a chance to tune in to uh, last week's show. We had a wonderful guest, uh, uh, Roger Burnley, who who was just uh, a, a very real human being, uh, someone who ended up on an unexpected uh, uh, spiritual path, sort of a reluctant uh, <laughs> a mystic, shall we say. There are a number of us out there. Um, so I hope you, you had a chance to catch that show. If not, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc and all over all the podcasting platforms. Awesome. All right. So let's get started with our blog post for the week. Because uh, for those of you who haven't tuned in for a little while, we finished my book, Everyday Awakening, and reading those little sections at the beginning. And I've been sort of pulling up blog posts from about two years ago. Just I picked a starting point and I've been going in order. And uh, I think they're pretty good. So, um, and most of you probably have missed these. And And if you know, I've been talking about these blogs at the beginning of my show the last several weeks. And if you want to actually read the blog and like check on it every Monday morning, I come out with a new blog post and you can always find it on talkradio.nyc slash blog. So I encourage you to check it out. And there's a whole bunch of them there. Like there's years worth of blog posts there. So there's a lot of stuff there. So, uh, this week's blog post is entitled, There is Both Pain and Beauty in the World Existing Side by Side. It can be painful when we look around at what is happening in the world. Keep in mind, I wrote this two years ago. Wars, greed, violence, and death seems to be everywhere. Yet that is not the whole story. There is so much more to the world than fear and pain. While the media may focus on the problems of the world, there is also much beauty in the world. There are acts of kindness and compassion as well. Joy, happiness, and love always reside in this world. It is up to us to decide 
which we will focus on. For when we focus on the things we can do nothing about, we feel disempowered. It all seems too big for us to make a difference. How can we truly help while so many others are suffering? Yet when we shift our attention to the good in the world, we can see ways to contribute. We can join forces with others who are making a difference, and together we are stronger. The hard part to reconcile is that both exist in the world side by side. There is good and bad. There is pain and suffering, as well as beauty and joy. One does not discount the other. Our choice to make is which one will we support. We support one aspect or another many different ways. Our action or inact with our action or inaction, or with our resources and energy, or with our apathy. No one can choose for us. It is up to us to decide which path we will take. Yet we do not make that choice only once. We make that choice every day with our words, our deeds, and our vision. So do we see more beauty and peace in the world or less? Do we lean into the world we want to create for our future, or do we succumb to our fears? Every day we get to choose. And just because one day we choose one path does not mean we cannot choose the other path the following day. So what do you choose? Where can you focus more on the beauty and light of the world and less on the horror and anguish? So, I mean, it's really quite interesting because at the time I wrote this, I don't believe there was a war in Ukraine yet. There was no war in Gaza. There was no, there was not the same level of conflict and anger in the world that there is today. But there still was. And that's the thing. There always is. In the history of this world, as far back as we have records of that we know of, there has always been war, famine, conflict, disease, tragedy, unspeakable horrors. And side by side, there have been acts of love and kindness. There have been moments of peace. There has been beauty in the world. It's all been there. It's always been there. The challenge for us is what are we choosing to focus on? And people may think, well, you know, I, I don't choose to focus on. It's just what comes to me. Yeah, but where do we go for our content? What are we paying attention to? Now, look, I, I'm not saying we should ignore the violence and the and the tragedies in the world. But the mainstream media has gotten so focused on the cycle of violence and 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 things that cause fear and tragedy and 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 victimhood that if we're just paying attention to the mainstream media, we're just getting fed this day in and day out. And what I think most people don't realize is 
the more we feed that information into our nervous system, into our unconscious, the worse we feel, the more disempowered we feel, the more apathy we feel, the more we feel, what's the use? There's so much tragedy out there. What can we do? Yeah, what can we do? And that's exactly the point. We don't have to fix all the world's problems ourselves. Actually, all we really need to do is focus on the things that call to us. Focus on the things we personally care about, that we can do something about. For some people, it's about helping people addicted to drugs. For other people, it's about domestic violence. For other people, it's about unwed mothers. For other people, it's about children with cancer. For other people, it's about wars and famines throughout the world. Everybody picks their own, everyone picks their own um, cause to focus on. So the fact that there is both pain and beauty in the world and an existing side by side, it's something that has always been with us, but we often forget that we have a choice of what are we going to focus on, of what aspect in our own lives are we going to focus on the environment? Are we going to focus on cleaning up a park in our neighborhood? Are we going to focus on helping uh, people in a soup kitchen in our neighborhood on Thanksgiving or, or just on a regular weekend? Yeah, there's a lot of problems in this world. Yes, there are a lot of things to be concerned about. And the key is not to allow all of that to overwhelm us but to allow it to motivate us to find the things that we care enough about to put our energy towards it. And when we're mindful enough of what we're taking in, of the content and information we're taking in, and we don't overwhelm ourselves with the challenges, but we look for, and there's a lot of great stuff happening in the world today. There is literally a flowering of consciousness that's happening around the world. There is more healing happening than ever before. There is more effort to cut down on the amount of violence and tragedy in the world. Yeah. So it, it's there's a lot happening in the world today to be hopeful for, to to uplift. It's just a question of what we choose to focus on. So yes, as this blog post is entitled, there is both pain and beauty in the world existing side by side. And the beautiful part about it is we get to choose what we focus on moment to moment to moment. So if today is a day you feel energized and you feel invigorated and you want to focus on a cause to help alleviate suffering, wonderful. Or if today you're feeling sick and your energy is drained and you just don't feel like you have the wherewithal to help anyone else, that's a time to focus on the good in the world. That's a time to focus on the beauty in the world. Maybe that's a time to go take a walk in nature and reconnect with nature and feel the support that we get from this planet. So that's my blog post. There's both pain and beauty in the world existing side by side. You can always find my blog on talkradio.nyc slash blog. And before I introduce my guest, I see we have a couple of loyal listeners tuning in today. I see Sanaya uh, on Facebook. Thank you so much. And uh, and uh, I see Patty, uh, also a loyal listener, um, tuning in and, and sharing the video. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys always tuning in each week. And so now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show internationally acclaimed writer, poet, and mystical teacher, Andrew Harvey. Andrew is the author of over 40 books, including Son of Man, The Hope, 
Love is Everything, Turn Me to Gold, and his newest book, Radical Regeneration uh, with Carolyn Baker. He's taught all over the world and has given over 20 courses for the Shift Network. Andrew is also the founder of the Institute for Sacred Activism, which I'm definitely going to ask him about, an international organization focused on inviting concerned people to take up the challenge of our contemporary global crises by becoming inspired, effective, and practical change agents of institutional and systematic change in order to create peace and sustainability. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Harvey. Sam, thank you so much. And I loved what you were saying because there's a wonderful poem by Rumi when he says, the rivers of blood and the rivers of milk run side by side. Oh. And that we're in a dimension full of obvious agony and suffering and pain. We're in an unprecedented evolutionary crisis. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of that, extraordinary new visions are arising to empower us and give us direction and give us hope and that's what i pray and hope radical regeneration the book that i wrote with carolyn baker is it's a unflinching look at what's going on but mm. it is not paralyzed by that unflinching look it takes the realistic pain of what we're going through as a way of inspiring people to go deep into their divine essence and find the love that prompts them to act, to act with consciousness and compassion. Wow. And that, I believe, is the deep meaning of the crisis itself. It's come yeah. to get help us get rid of all of the structures that confine us. And it's an agonizing process, but its goal is to birth us all into a wholly new level of evolutionary and that's what the book celebrates beautiful beautiful um all right D don't give away the whole show in the first five minutes uh, oh no there's more <laughs> there's a lot more so so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back i'd like to just touch a little bit upon your own journey about what brought you to write this particular book because you've written so many books you're a Rumi scholar you you you've been studying and and been in in the, the spiritual and mystical realms for most of your life I'd, I'd love to know what kind of brought you to write this book and then I I do want to dig into uh, some of the aspects of this book and what you talk about in it I think for you Sam we'll dance together beautifully I'm sure Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And we will be right back with our guest, Andrew Harvey, in just a moment. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
So, Andrew, you, oops, uh, you've written many books. I mean, you've written like 40 books. That's, a, that's, that's more than most people read in, in several I years. know, especially now. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and, and a lot of your books, uh, Love is Everything, uh, Turn Me to Gold, they're really about sort of the spiritual path. Yes, they're mystical books. Yes, they're, they're mystical books. So, but but radical regeneration is, I mean, it's in, it's it's I would say spiritually informed, but it's a different kind of book, isn't it, from your other books? Well, I think it's related to the hope because the hope was the book that began the global movement of sacred activism. But what wow. radical regeneration is is the distillation of a lifetime's experience of our culture and an analysis of the great global dark night that's now happening because it's essential to see and feel and know that we are in an unprecedented crisis and yes. to know that it's an evolutionary crisis and to know too that it is a crisis that mirrors in the outer world the great crisis that happens in the life of the mystic, the global dark night, the dark night crisis, which kills and resurrects the mystic. And what I was trying to do with Carolyn is to offer a unsparing vision of the crisis with a very exalted but practical opening to the vision that's coming through in this crisis of its true goal and its true meaning. And what I believe, and what Carolyn and I believe is, and this when we're aligned with the great evolutionary mystics of humanity, what I believe is that this crisis is an ordained crisis. It's a crisis that could potentially birth us into a whole new level of embodied divine power mm. if we face it, if we react to it from the depths of ourselves, and if we align ourselves with this great evolutionary vision of a new humanity being born from the ashes of the old, and if we pledge ourselves too to what I call sacred activism, to putting our love and principles and compassion into wise, urgent, sacredly inspired action. Yeah. And if we do, then the worst of times will turn out to be the birthing ground of an unimaginable new possibility. You know, I've been coming, be, have been becoming more and more aware over the last several years of sort of the, these global crises, of the evolutionary crises, of these feedback loops that threaten to totally destroy uh, the world that we live in. And right. I, I was really at one point just getting very depressed about the whole thing because yes. I, I didn't feel like there seemed to be any change. Like the, 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 the governments aren't really making the kind of change no. that, that need to be happening. The, 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 the corporations who really hold the power aren't changing the way they do. I mean, even the most recent cop 28, the, 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 the the one I forget who it was, but one of the leaders said like, "Oh, fossil fuels don't have anything to do with the climate crisis." And I'm like, "What are you don't kidding me? Like, this. this is something we've known for for decades, and he's still like saying no." It's insanity, yeah. And 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 then um, I read this piece. I forget who wrote it, but they were um comparing sort of what's going on today to the caterpillar. And and how I forget which a certain type of caterpillar, and they and they pointed out how like this type of caterpillar before it's going to go into its chrysalis to turn into a butterfly, it they ravagely eat everything around, and it looks <laughs> like they're literally eating all the leaves, destroying all yes. the plants. like it's totally going to destroy everything, and then it stops, goes into the cocoon, goes into the chrysalis to then turn into the butterfly. Right. But the process by which it turns into the butterfly is the one in which we're in. Right. Because what happens is that when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, it starts to dissolve into mm. a gray gunge. Its form completely dissolves. And then something unbelievable happens, Sam, and I'm sure you know this, but it really is a great key to what's happening. 
in that grey gunch wakes up what are called imaginal cells. You could you don't you can't make this up. Imaginal cells. And those imaginal cells initially are disparate, but they come together and they constellate together and they form the body of the butterfly, which then breaks through the membrane and flies free. That process is what's happening. The old structures, the old ways of thought, the old reactions on every level are being revealed to be bankrupt and are collapsing. And it's scary as hell. And it drives us all at moments to paralysis and to despair. But if we remember, and this is why I've emphasized the dark night so much in this book, Mm -hmm. if we remember the process that the butterfly goes through, And if we remember that in that grey gunge, in that dissolved essence, all kinds of new, hopeful, vibrant visions arise and can potentially come together, then all we really want to do is to be one of those people who are part of the imaginal cell arising, part of the formation of the butterfly of the new embodied divine humanity that can co-create a wholly new way of being and doing everything with the divine. There's no certainty that this will work, but it's the only thing that could work in a situation as disastrous as ours. And it's It bears a lot, it has a lot in the great evolutionary scientists and the great evolutionary mystics behind it. So I've gambled my whole life and my whole teaching on this to give radical, rugged hope to people at a moment when despair threatens our will and our belief in life. Yes. Um, I noticed in your first chapter you talk about Kali. Um, Yes. The, the the and and I feel like Kali is one of the misunderstood archetypes of of the Hindu um, belief system. What do you feel it's important for people to know about Kali? Because she's a very important figure at this time, isn't she? Well, this is a Kali event. Yeah, this is the event of the explosion of the dark feminine that says you cannot go on torturing life. You cannot go on living tribally. You cannot go on oppressing homosexuals. You cannot go on denigrating women. You cannot go on creating a capitalist system which absurdly rewards a few people and keeps billions of people in forms of slavery. It's over. And so Kali is that force that's born from the heart of life that protects life ferociously and when necessary intervenes to radically destroy everything that is preventing life from flowering in its fullest. Mm. She is the most loving of the mothers because behind the dark mask, behind the fury, behind the destruction, is a golden mask. And that golden mask is saying, wait till you see what my destruction is preparing for you. Mm. Wait until you feel the astounding new visions this destruction will give birth to. Wait until you plunge deeply for once with whole sincerity into inmost practice. What you will discover will amaze you. And what you will discover is that this force Kali, which is destroying, is also engoldening you through that process, through destroying in you all your illusions and false addictions and false fantasies about your power, a wholly new level of divine power and beauty and passion and force will be revealed in you. So what I'd love people to know about Kali is that Kali is course, the most terrifying aspect, but actually behind that terror is an immense, unconditional, wise beyond imagining love that is hell-bent and heaven-bent on transfiguring us now. So instead of being 
AIDS in the body of the world, which we are now destroying everything, we become conscious guardians and conscious creators with her of a unified world, a world in which people live in dignity and animals are respected and revered and the creation is celebrated as her great dance and manifestation. So that's my understanding of Kali. And I love your passion behind it, Andrew. I, I truly love your passion. I see that this is something that comes from your heart, not from your head. Oh, it comes from my heart. It, and it comes from my inmost sacred experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just the heart. It's the heart that has been shattered open by suffering to the glory of what's possible. So I know from my own inmost experience of an incredibly painful and difficult and dark night, which lasted 10 years in which I had death threats and madness happened on every level, but which I, through grace, survived to be immeasurably expanded myself in my work, in my vision. And through that experience, I've come to understand at the deepest level that this crisis, terrifying though it is, is a crisis not only of death, it's a crisis much more importantly of birth. Mm -hmm. And as many of you who are listening know, birth is a messy, chaotic process. It's not (laughs) painless. A woman doesn't just suddenly just sit down and give birth to a baby, it goes through a massive, massive process involving contractions, involving sometimes great struggle and sometimes immense suffering the woman goes through. But when the baby is born, all that pain is forgotten. Yes, yes. And it's a messy process. It's it's all kinds of garbage around and uh, all kinds of dangers too because there it's a dangerous passage from the womb into the light for the child and sometimes for the mother also yeah and we're in that right now yes wonderful wonderful we we need to take another break um when we come back Again, I want to. I, I I didn't quite get to ask the question. What made you write this book now? Like like mm-hmm. what and how long? I mean, this thing is thick. How many pages is this? It's like over. It's a massive term. It's a, it's a yes. it's, everything's it's, in it except the recipe for celery soup. So yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> I wanted to write something that if I died or was kidnapped by Saudi Arabians, would have the essence of everything I've learned on the planet. Uh, for other people going through this crisis well it's it's truly a beautiful work okay we'll come back in just a moment i do see patty on on the uh uh on on the live stream saying uh, she builds she loves to build for habitat for humanity like that's uh, her cause and that's uh, what she wonderful, loves to do wonderful cause yeah so I, I i highly support you patty i think habitat for humanity is a great cause so for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. So everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be right back with our guest, Andrew Harvey, author of the book, Radical Regeneration with Carolyn Baker. And we'll be right back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? 
Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So as we mentioned, Andrew, your book, Radical Regeneration, is pretty thick. How long did it take to put this all together with Carolyn? Well, actually, it's four books. We did four books. We began with a book called Return to Joy because we felt it was so important that people realized in the middle of all of the madness that joy is the essential power. Because joy is the essential nature of the divine, the great bliss that the divine is in action. And then we wrote a book called Savage Grace, which was about how this crisis is a savage grace, is Carly's savage grace to us. On the one hand, destroying what's no longer valuable for us, and on the other, offering us through that suffering and difficulty a wholly new path of integration and holism and generosity and compassion and action. Then we decided to write a book on animals because we're both passionate animal lovers and also beings who've been tremendously transformed by our relationship with our animals. And we plunged into all the horror of animal cruelty, but tried to analyze why we hate our animal nature so much that we crucified the animals and offer a vision of the reclamation of the animal divine that will enable us to embody more deeply and be spontaneous and juicy and passionate. So that was that book. And then we finished it with a book, which actually is the title of the whole series now, Radical Regeneration, in which we brought everything together and offered modalities to people of connecting with the evolutionary passion of the Divine Mother to birth a new race out of the death of the old, and to encourage people to express their growing understanding of what's necessary in this crisis in urgent, focused, wise, sacred action. So what prompted me to write the book is my lifetime's understanding that the world would face in my lifetime an unspeakable, unprecedented crisis, a global dark night on every level. And my understanding, too, that the so-called spiritual world was totally unprepared for this crisis because it was in la-la land. It was in New Age fantasy about the world and People were being encouraged to feel fabulous, but nobody was being encouraged to really look and see the agony of what's happening, let alone to actually react to it through sacred wise action, through the nonviolent resistance of the great ones like Gandhi and Martin Luther King and, of course, the Christ himself. Hmm. So it was my anguish at what I knew was going to unfold and what is now unfolding, and my outrage at the superficiality of so much of the spiritual discourse that led Carolyn and I to really try and make a statement that would be absolutely unflinching in its facing of the crisis and as exalted and inspiring as possible as a path through the crisis. It was my... It is my manifesto. It's my handbook for the apocalypse. And everything's in it that you could possibly watch. There's a huge slew of practices. There's a huge slew of potential approaches. We bring together the mystical wisdom of all of the great traditions. We align ourselves with the great evolutionary mystics like Sri Aurobindo of each of the traditions. And we offer a path 
that is both very profoundly mystical and very profoundly practical. And it's that marriage at the deepest level of the deepest spirituality with the wisest concerted action that will not only embody us as embodied divine human beings, but also reveal to us that we have enormous divine powers through grace to work on seemingly impossible situations and achieve at two minutes to midnight miraculous results. And when we discover that, the hopelessness that's afflicting so many people will evaporate and we'll realize that part of being co-creators, everybody talks about being a co-creator with the divine, but what does it actually mean? It means that you die to your full self, you're born into your real self, which is one with the one, and you give your whole life, your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, your energy, your resources, to being a co-creator with the divine of a new world that is arising, as you said so beautifully in your initial monologue, that is arising in the middle of this madness. And what we encourage people most to do is something that you exemplified at the beginning. We encourage people to develop what I call birth eyes. It's very easy. In fact, it's almost impossible not to when you look at the news, when you see the Secretary General saying climate breakdown has begun. When you look at Ukraine, when you look at the unspeakable horror of what's happening in Gaza, the horror that's happened to both the Israelis and to the Palestinians, when you contemplate the potential of that war expanding, when you look at the helplessness of politicians in dealing with the climate crisis, when you really contemplate the fact that the million animal species are now on the brink of extinction, it's very easy to just become absolutely stricken, overwhelmed, turn away and retreat into fantasy or into despair. And that is neither fantasy nor despair are a luxury we can afford or need to. So why we wrote the book is to show people that you can face it all, you can accept it all, you can see it all, and not be broken. Because if you develop through divine practice a spacious enough consciousness, and if you truly understand that the dark night process is a birthing process of an embodied divine human being, and if you really, really, with the help of the great evolutionary mystics of the past with Rumi and Kabir and Aurobindo helping us really see that the new race that could come out of this crisis could be immeasurably more wise, humble, and illuminated, then in the middle of the suffering, you connect to the goal, the meaning, the depth of yourself, and you pledge yourself to be one of the humble birthers of the new world, come what may. I don't believe I will see this new creation in my lifetime, but I can see it appearing. I can see it in the extinction movement, Greta Thunberg's amazing movement. I can see it in the extraordinary new books that are coming out with this vision in different ways being expressed. I can see it in the tremendous rising up of a passion for democracy in America at the time when democracy is clearly monumentally threatened by the Republicans. I can see it everywhere, this this birth arising in the middle of the death. And Having birth eyes enables you to stay aware of the the first little toes of the baby appearing. <laughs> yes, yes, that 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 it 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 is being birthed. Um, it I'm, is being birthed, and we're being birthed in it. And I feel immeasurably more calm, more joyful, more grounded in the middle of all of this than I've ever felt. And that's grace. That's because. 
the mother has graced me this vision, or graced Carolyn this vision, and graced many others on the planet this vision. And this vision cannot be something that we invented if so many people are being inspired and emboldened by it at this moment. It is Carly's savage grace to us to give us this vision at the time when we need to really embody it and align ourselves with it at the deepest possible level. And knowing that is why I wrote the book, so that other people could know that and be inspired by that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kali is birthing what they call Homo Luminous, right? That's the yes. next version of Homo Sapiens, Homo Luminous. You, well, you I, know, I also find homo, that Homo Luminous is uh, one way of putting it, but I think uh, uh, for me, a better, a richer way of, of explaining it is that it's the embodied divine. We've had a vision of the divine as being transcendent. We've invented all kinds of weird dogmas. Yeah. We've denigrated the body. We've denigrated nature. We've denigrated sexuality. The return of the divine feminine is returning us to the lost half of ourselves, to the abandoned half of ourselves, and reclaiming the body, reclaiming sexuality as divine, reclaiming the passion to act from love, to help and protect and honor and enshrine in law the truth of the world. This is the mother's demand for us because she knows that if we do, we will be born as authentic divine human beings. Mm -hmm. So it's homo luminous, yes, but it's always also homo agens. It's also man acting. It's also homo creans. It's also man creating. It's also homo ludens. It's man playing. It's also homo amans. It's man love, mm -hmm. loving the world, loving animals, loving human beings loving with a fierce sweet protective passionate love that expresses itself in sacrificial action mm, beautiful beautiful I'm, I'm so i'm so happy you're you're on the show today andrew i, I really too. appreciate I'm happy it to be with you, Sam. you've been you've been in the trenches for a long time you know yes. what we've all been facing the superficiality the the denial there's no no more time for any of that right. we have to get to the real sources of truth and that's what i hope i've been able to present to people in this book yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we need to take one more break in the show. When we come back, I want to talk, uh, I want to ask you about the Institute for Sacred Activism. And what can people do after we, they hear this message? You know, what sort of action can they realistically take in their busy lives today? Okay? Absolutely. I'd love that. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour to Andrew Harvey, author of the book, Radical Regeneration with Carolyn Baker. And we will be right back to finish it all up in just a moment. Are you a high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of the Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
welcome back. Um, Andrew, uh, so I, I want to mention, so your book, Radical Regeneration, you know, so I'm seeing regeneration a lot lately. Uh, another author who's a former guest of the show, um, Daniel Pinchbeck, is actually running right now a a, um, a six-week um, summit called Our Regenerative Future you know, with all kinds of different people. Wonderful. Um, uh, uh, joining in and, and, and sharing the vision of, of what we could do. Um, what can people do today? And, and, and what is the Institute for Sacred Activism? I think the question actually is not so much what we can do. That's a very important question, but there's another question that predates that, and that is who will we become in order to do what we have to do? So before you can truly rise to such an extreme situation, I believe you have to make a commitment to deep mystical practice so that you can uncover your own divine self and know how lucid, strong, amazingly loving and powerful it is. That doesn't mean that you don't act while you're doing that process, but it means that that process, which reveals to you who you really are, is the foundational process. Then when you discover who you really are and the power that belongs to your authentic nature, then you also discover the strength and the stamina to stand by whatever choice you make. So, when you've discovered who or are in the process of discovering who you really are, then the question is, what do I do? Mm. And I've come up with a very simple solution for people, which has helped hundreds of thousands of people. And it is to ask yourself very deeply, what of all of the causes in the world, what of all of the tragedies and horrors that are going on what breaks your heart the most what really makes you feel that you can hardly bear to think about it because it's so outrageous so maddening and it causes you so much suffering it's a very brave question to ask yourself but when you do and when you discover what it is that shatters your heart the most you've also discovered what you can pour yourself passionately into to do something about. And I had this experience myself because I, as I'm sure you are, and I'm sure many people listening, everybody listening, has very deep concerns on many different levels. Right. But I was in a Starbucks early in the morning and I was reading the paper and it was full of the rapes and horrors and betrayals and crazy stuff. And then I came to a story about a group of young Mexican immigrants who'd become so despairing that they used to torture the animals that were going to be slaughtered in the slaughterhouse that they were working for no money. And suddenly I wanted to vomit. I could hardly read what I was reading. I could hardly bear it. And at that moment, I realized that my own personal sacred activism would always be on behalf of animals, because I feel that what we're doing to animals is the most atrocious thing. So that's how I discovered my personal sacred activism. And when I shared that with people, it lit a light because it gives you a focus. So go into deep prayer and ask yourself over a week, what? really breaks my heart and then make a decision in the core of your life to do something about and to do it with joy, knowing that it's an ocean of misery, but your pebble will dislodge some of that misery. And then you can go to bed every night feeling that you've made your contribution and that you're living a life which is awake. Wonderful, wonderful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Do you like yeah, that? Do you like that as a way for galvanizing? The beauty of that practice is that it connects you with your deep heart. And when you're connected with your deep heart, it's, it, it can be difficult because you will feel the pain. But you're also connected in your deep heart with your deep passion 
And Rumi said, you know, passion dissolves all the branches of exhaustion. Passion is the supreme elixir and renews all life. So don't sigh heavily or brow bleak with cynicism and boredom. Dare to look for passion, 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 passion. Let divine passion triumph and rebirth you in yourself. And the way you let your divine passion triumph in this situation is to really ask your heart what hurts it the most and then dedicate the energies of your whole life to doing something real about that real suffering. And you'll find what everybody finds who rises to this challenge, that when you do, your life becomes flooded with meaning. And in the worst circumstances, you still find the energy to go on pouring yourself out. And that is a wonderful, holy discovery. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it doesn't have to be every single cause. I mean, this was one no. of the wonderful revelations for myself was when I could see like people supporting a certain cause. And I'm like, it's a beautiful cause. I'd love to support it. But that it doesn't call to me. Right. But then something else did. And so that's where I put my energy. Well, you could see the love force, if you like, that's trying to change this as the Tibetans represent the Buddha of compassion with a thousand, thousand hands reaching out. Mm. Truth is that all of these tragic crises are interconnected. They're interconnected through our lack of sacred connection. They're all expressions of our separation, hubristic, self-obsessed, narcissistic consciousness, the consciousness that is dying and is going to be supplanted by a much more divine consciousness. So when you realize that, you realize that it, whatever cause you support is linked to all the others and that your duty is to be one of those hands of the force of love reaching out. And when all of us claim our own inmost, most profound heartbreak and act on it, we'll be acting in secret, majestic concert with all of the others to heal the sources of this catastrophe. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, real quickly, we just got a couple of minutes left. Institute for Sacred Activism. The Institute for Sacred Activism is really a name for the whole of my enterprise. And if you go into my website, andrewharvey.net, I think, .com, you'll see that I offer a whole lot of different approaches, different classes. I've written a book called The Hope, in which you'll get everything that I can offer you about how you train to become a sacred activist, how once you've chosen what you're going to do, you really train your whole being to be strong enough to continue to do it. Mm. And the Institute is provides different classes, different possibilities, different modalities, so that if you plunge in and have a look at what I'm doing, I'm sure there'll be something there that will really relate to you that you can use in your own life to make your ordinary life extraordinary. Mm. One last question, and then we have to end it. Has there ever been a global crisis like this before? Not in recorded history, but before recorded history. I don't know. There are some um, evolutionary mystics who say that we've been at this juncture six times before, but this is the seventh. So there have been advanced civilizations which have vanished and have committed suicide like Atlantis by the crazy stuff it got up to, which invited the catastrophe. This is the seventh time, and apparently this is the most serious time because the powers that we have of destruction are now immense. But the good news is that, and please think deeply about this because it contains a revelation, if we are powerful enough to destroy, as it's quite clear we are powerful enough to destroy this entire experiment, then we must also potentially be powerful enough to recreate, rebuild, refashion, reform it. And the key for that shift is to realize that Power that we now need isn't the power of our human minds and human 
hearts and human dogmas and human concepts. It's the raw, pure, glorious, divine power that is our deepest secret and our deepest essence, because that's the real power. And when we align ourselves in humility and compassion with that power and become its agent, miracles, what we call miracles, are possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I truly appreciate you. His book thank again, you, Radical Regeneration with Carolyn Baker. Um, and you can find out more about his work at andrewharvey.net. Andrew, thank you so much. And thank My you. Great for... pleasure, Sam. Thank you for doing the work you do and pouring your heart out so wisely. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's my calling. Um, Thank you to all who are listening. God bless you. Don't, yes. don't lose heart now. This is the time to find joy, live in it, and act on it with everything you are. And you'll see, you will be changed. Yes. And I see Sanaya says on the live stream, my fascination with trees, animals keeps me grounded with my nature connectedness. I feel drawn to people this way. Beautiful, Sanaya. That's exactly the point. Nature always always draws us to our center. Yes. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, my loyal listeners. Um, Please remember, if you missed any part of the show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc and on all the major podcasting platforms and on all the major social channels. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget Frank Harrison and his show, Frank About Health at 5 p.m. today and our Friday block of shows starting at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And and Tuesdays, of course, start our week off with Dr. Mira Branco and her show, The Hard Skills, at 5 p.m. Eastern. Thank you all for tuning in. We will speak to you all next week. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be Frank About Health with all of you. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? 
Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.